0: <laughs> yo, yo, like uh-uh, uh, yo. Welcome back to part up, two. This is the part of the episode we'll get into more trade and NBA draft preview. We'll also talk about the G League and how the NBA can recoup some of the monies that they lost in the bubble last year. All that, and I'm sure Coach T will talk about the North Carolina Tar Heels because that's what he does. So, kick back and enjoy the pod. get real crazy with this draft and it's about to get real real nuts um, what they're going to do with this season as well because they're still saying that a Christmas opening is possible but then I'm going to break some news for you right now Danny Green of the Los Angeles Lakers said if we play in December I would not expect to see LeBron playing in December. Now, we know that LeBron doesn't do the low management situation. So I'm thinking that those dates that they're trying to hold on to might not be the dates that happen. I think it is going to be after the first of the year, personally. Because I don't think you – if LeBron is not playing – like opening night, no, that's so. I I, I think they'll put you back.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's that's possible. But when you look at the NBA, and I, I seen the number that, that came out about the amount of money that they recoup just from playing in the bubble, it was something like around like one point five billion. Is what' was the amount of money they recoup just by having the NBA bubble? Now, when you know you have some of your biggest stars coming back that did not play in the bubble, right? Your, your, your Kevin Durant's, your Steph Curry's, your Klay Thompson's, of course, your younger teams, things like that. You're going to have your rookies and stuff. Like, that window that you guys have, the NBA is when I'm, when I'm speaking to you guys, the window that they have to make a ton of money by starting Christmas, Christmas Day, to me, is the only reason that I somewhat believe that it will happen. Because everybody's anticipating Kevin Durant's return, everybody is anticipating it, and I and I can't I can't go a day without seeing a post about Kevin Durant and how yeah you guys need to keep that same energy. Remember, Kevin Durant's the best player in the league, and you know I just think it's everybody's anticipating. And I'm not even a KD fan; like I respect his greatness, right? I'm even looking forward to seeing how that works out, Kevin Durant and Kyrie. So. Say LeBron does sit out, I think the NBA has to um, pick its battle, like choose its battle, right? Like, so are you cool with LeBron sitting out knowing you got Steph Curry back, Clay back, KD back, Kyrie back, full Boston Celtics back? You got all these young budding stars back. Um, if LeBron sits out for a month, you know what I'm saying? Let it happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's interesting. I'm interested to see how that's going to work out, for real, because there's a lot on the table, man. It's a lot of money on the table, for real. That Christmas Day game, you know how that game go. Like, everybody's watching. Everybody's
0: watching. But the one thing about it is, is that LeBron James with clutch they they carry so much weight. You know, I just see – I can't see the defending – the reigning – defending NBA champions not have the Finals MVP, especially since we know this dude's character where he likes to be on the court. You know, I think, I think there's going to be some collaborations going on with like the, the stars of the league with Mr. James being one of them and there's some sort of compromise. You know, maybe MLK Day becomes Christmas Day. You know what I'm saying? Like the games that were on Christmas move them to Martin Luther King's birthday celebration, and that's the start of the season. You know, because that 18-day, 20-day would make a huge difference uh, for LeBron and recuperation and all that. So, because if you think about it, when the draft starts on the 18th of November, right? Supposedly they are hitting training camp December 1st. We just what we're what two weeks removed from the finals. So usually, right in a re- in a regular season, right, we get June is the finals. Then the draft is like soon after, right? Then they get July. August, part of September off, come back in like mid-September, and they're playing their first regular season game by the twentieth of October, right? So that would be a really truncated off season if you're looking at basketball season stops like what 10 days ago. So mid-October. Okay, so November. You're back in training camp in December? That might be a lot to ask. I understand the the break. You know, I understand the break for the guys that weren't in the bubble. I get that. And the teams that left, like, in the first round, I get that. But that's a lot to ask of one of your marquee franchises. Hey, bro, we need you to uh, get the engine coming at peak form by uh, December 25th. Right.
1: But, you know, (laughs) what's even crazier, too, is, like, you know, the NBA Summer League has become something that we all look forward to watching. Like, at some point in time, it does get a little stale because the games, a lot of the games aren't really good at all. But you do have these players that come out of Summer League, and and it's happened every year, where we see a rookie play in Summer League, right, that we thought was going to be really good, and they get in Summer League and they dominate. Like, I think for the most part, like, if a, if a a highly ranked player that gets drafted in the lottery plays really well in summer league it builds up anticipation right and it's and you got to look at the nba they profit from that so if a zion williamson who played what like one or two summer league games last year packed the arena you got i'm saying the ratings were ridiculous and it only led to new orleans making a ton of money the nba making a ton of money so you got to ask yourself, like, do they get rid of the summer league thing? Like, it won't be summer, of course. Like, winter league? Do they make it a winter league no, Let, let the rookie, let there's the rookies there. play? Yeah, there's no summer league.
0: It's, it's literally going to be draft, free agency, like draft, start of new league calendar year, free agency, training camp, preseason, go. That's literally what's going to happen. There will be no summer league.
1: That's going to be tough. But you know, yeah. you know who may benefit from this? is the G League. Like, the G League may benefit from this because the reality is, like, anybody who's drafted outside of 1 through 20 is going to have a tough time finding their way on a roster without summer league, without rookie training camps and things like that. So guess what? They're going to have to play in the G League, right? So that's going to – I mean, maybe the NBA recoups their money through the G League because t- this year they're going to have uh, like a, a kid like uh, Zay Todd Isaiah Todd who's actually out of Word of God here in North Carolina who opted into going to play in the G League instead of going to college. He was a, a top ten recruit in the country, and he's going to play in the Gatorade League. Also, you have a couple other players that decided to go play in the G League. Uh,
0: yeah, the, yeah, the Deshaun kid.
1: Yeah, Nicks. yeah, yeah, exactly, Nix. So. I think the G League can take advantage of this situation to help the NBA recoup some of their money. Since there's no summer league, um, like we may see, like people like me and you really looking forward to tuning into G League games to see some of these young kids play because they're not going to be able to get on the court oh, yeah. for an NBA roster. And if you're if you're the NBA, what you do
0: is you you partner up with like okay, you got ESPN on lock right. You partner up with like NBC uh, Sports Network and say, yo, you get all the G League games. So now we're giving you Deshaun Knicks, you know, and uh, I think Kenya Martin's son is also in the G League or something like that, too. He foregoed and and went straight as well. So I'm about
1: to um, to look that up right now, too, Vince. Go ahead, man. But I want to. I think that's
0: a situation where the. NBA can find another stream of revenue, especially if we're going to start getting the kids that were going to be the one it does at the collegiate level. Uh, they're gonna to go to the G League. So you're gonna have guys that really you're gonna get a real good look at before they are drafted into the NBA, and you're gonna see them play professional basketball. I mean, I know not every team is gonna be great, and some of these dudes are gonna get—they're gonna have some crazy games or whatever. But, yo, they're gonna get exposed to NBA concepts, you know, how you practice, how you train, because a lot of the facilities are close by the the NBA counterpart. Because where their Lakers practice here is where their G League games are, so it's in El Segundo. At their practice facility, which games are at Staples, which is in downtown Los Angeles, is a completely different area. Um, so you might see some real good hoop, and you might see some potential guys, some potential stars um who will be draft eligible next
1: year. Yeah, so we look this, this is exciting too. So, like this, this, like man, this this topic is so crazy. So we're looking at deshaun nicks we i completely forgot about Jalen green like Jalen green was yeah. the number one player in his class yeah he was the number one player in his class and he's in the g league i yeah, yeah. todd's he in the said. g league like g league like this is crazy. like this is really crazy and that's just the name three really big name players but there are others that could have went to any college that they wanted to go to but instead they came to the g league to make i think what they're going to make like what is it like 130 grand to play like one season, yeah, something like that. And,
0: and what? In, and keep in mind, you know, one of my favorite players, one of the players that I talked about through the, the last three or four podcasts. So please go to the archives. Uh, we talked about Alex Caruso and how you can make a difference without scoring not one single point on just effort, hustle, and plan. Just nasty. Grimy defense and getting in people's grip.
1: Yeah, so so maybe, maybe that's how the NBA is going to do it. Um, I know regardless, I'm tuning into G League basketball this year because I want to see Jalen Green. The dude was flat out just dynamic. Like watching him in high school, mm-hmm. like he's a human highlight. The guy is just, I mean, he gets off the floor quick. He's mm-hmm. uh he's shown that he can shoot the ball, that he's not just a dunker. Um Isaiah Todd, who, like I say, he's here in North Carolina. You know, shout out to Milton uh, Milton Chavis, who we spoke about last episode. He coached him up at Word of God, same high school that, you know, John Wall went to here in Raleigh. Um, oh, word?
0: okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So Isaiah Todd, who's a six – I think Isaiah Todd is like 6'10", six, 6'11". Six, another mm-hmm. one of those type of guys we were just talking about can put the ball on the floor. He's going to dunk on you. He's going to defend. Um, he does a little bit of everything. And on top of that, man, he has it figured out because he was in a system at Word of God where he had the luxury to be around um, players that played professionally and helped groom him as far as, like, just being a man, you know, because going into the league, you're a kid, right? But if you have the right people around you prior to that that's going to prepare you for what you're going into, it's going to kind of set you ahead, you know, kind of like taking AP classes <laughs> in high school or something. But, you know, he he had the luxury of that, so I think he's a little bit more mature, Um, than the average, you know, 19-year-old is going into the G League. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it works out, man. It's going to be an inter—I think it's going to be a really big year for the G League.
0: Oh, no doubt, because this is the litmus test, right? This is the—this is patient zero, because this has not happened before. We have not had true McDonald's All-Americans, and I know they didn't play the game. I got you. But these are true five-star— four-star dudes, legit offers. Listen, understand, no disrespect to, let's say, the the University of Milwaukee of Wisconsin, okay? No disrespect to, to that university. But these guys were getting offers from, like, Duke, North Carolina, Florida. You know, name a blue-butt school, and they were getting offers from those fine, fine, establishments. And that's what is going to be playing in the G League. So you're going to get a year of what I consider real scouting on those guys. And that could be a good thing or a bad thing. And I actually think, Coach T, and see if you follow me on this one, if it works, but it works in a way where, man, they, they you start literally picking a bunch of flaws off these kids' game. Because they're going to be playing in NBA concepts, correct? Right? But, you know, they are going to be some grown men on that court, for real. So we might see something where do we find out if the G League is going to flourish and you're going to see a lot more of the, the kids that were going to be the one and done go to the G League? Or does it backfire and because their game gets critiqued to – such a crazy level they go back to college and do the one and done i think it has a a potential to go either way
1: for sure sure. yeah and you know brian shaw like just reading into it you know brian shaw is going to be the coach of that team um he was selected to be the coach of the team in the g league that's going to have all of these young prospects on one team i'm i'm just interested to see how it works you're dumping all of these kids on one roster and they gotta, you know, what go against all of these grounds. And and believe me, if I'm 25 and I'm in the G League and I've been I'm fighting for a me. chance to play, like bro, like Jalen me. Green, y'all, y'all got the bullseye on your neck, because y'all coming down here, not only y'all making more bread than us. You know okay. what I'm saying? But but so so I think it's not going to be easy. So, like you say, if they do get exposed, um, you know, as far as their flaws and things like that, you know. Would it be any different than them playing their rookie year in the NBA and at some point in time hitting the wall, right? Well, like I say, you mentioned P.J. Washington, how you liked his game. P.J. Washington ripped off, you know, a, a streak of games where he had double figures, but then he ripped off a streak of games where he just did not, like, even sniff double figures. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes yeah. he didn't even get on the floor. You know, we're talking two points, three points, zero points. You get what I'm saying? Like, so these kids, they hit walls at some point of time. So would you rather see them do it um, in the G League going through the process and so that by the time they make it to the league, they're more prepared, you know, going into that offseason on what they need to do. Um, Just they've had a year of preparation, the physical, um, the mental, you know, the coaching, everything that comes with it. I think it's really a win-win because I I don't see these kids running back to college where they're going to be – they're gonna honestly like, and it's no shade to the great coaches the coach K's, the, the Roy Williams, the Cal, Coach Cal, all of these guys. I'm not saying they let these kids do what they want, but you know, man, come on. You, if you're a top five player, like the three players we named, all of those guys are McDonald's All Americans. Uh, okay. Isaiah Todd, you know, Deshaun Nix, Jalen Green. If they would have went to any university, they're walking on campus, it's the big man on campus right away, right away. Oh,
0: yeah, you know what I'm saying? Nicks was – I can tell you right now, I was looking forward to that. I mean, until he announced that he was going to go ahead and join the G League, I was looking forward to that. And my whole thing was, like, literally we had one year of just, like, just proud basketball, and now we got another Lonzo ball. You know, I was like, yeah, let's go. And then when he went to the G League, I was that like, hurt so bad. That, that, that hurt a lot. Um, so I definitely understand, because there was a good chance that Deshaun Nix was going to – he was definitely going to start for UCLA. He was a oh, sure.
1: like, big body I, point I, guard. Was, uh, Ant, yeah, no like
0: fifty to Tiger Campbell, and, and Tiger Campbell might have been on the floor with him, and it would have been like him and, and Deshaun Nix. And then they would have put the rest of the pieces around him. But there was no case scenario where Deshaun Nix wasn't going to be on the floor for UCLA. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. But, but what we can, what we have learned from this, if anything, is that maybe the overseas route has just died. You get what I'm saying? Because, you know, you had kids last year, um, like you say, LaMelo Ball, R.J. Hampton, who was an All-American, McDonald's All-American, also went overseas. A lot of people have forgotten about R.J. Hampton, played in the same league LaMelo played in overseas. And now I'm wondering, like, where R.J. Hampton falls. Like, I need to look at, you know, like the draft board and see where he's projected to to get drafted at. But R.J. Hampton was a big time name coming out of high school last year and so i think with both of them going overseas and now you got three of the top 10 players in the country deciding to go g league to me that's saying that the writing's on the wall about going and playing overseas lamello ball is the exception to the rule because everybody was already hyping him up to be a future lottery pick anyway i don't think him going overseas changed that it may have helped him if anything because he played against some grown men but now that that opportunity is available here in the states you're going to see less kids or or I'm, I'm saying that I think we will see less kids take the overseas route versus the G League route. Because if you can make 130 grand in the States, play against NBA players, be around NBA coaches, Brian Shaw, come on, man. Like, they couldn't have picked a better guy to, to lead them. You know, I would want to be in that situation versus overseas in a country that I don't know about. Maybe having my parents have to come over there, learn a new language. Like, those guys aren't really comfortable over there. I know guys that play overseas. Mm-hmm. And they talk about how how difficult it is at times, just especially if you're changing teams and you're in different countries year in and year out. It's the languages, it's the lifestyle, it's, the, it's different, man. You go to a place where they don't, they're not even used to having air conditioning. There's no AC, like kids aren't used to that. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely can see that the overseas route may be dying. And, and, and over there, they may have to start paying kids more. They may have to compete with the NBA G League. The other thing is, too, is
0: you're looking at a situation, right, where not only you're going to get paid a little bit more, but you know that you're going to be on NBA TV, and if the NBA can find a way where they get, like, a legit... Let's say one of the kids was Zion, right? Right? Zion didn't go to Duke, okay? We're playing alternate universe here. Duke fans, do not get mad at me. Don't at me at all. But I'm using it as an example. So... Zion decides, and this was available to him. Zion decides, hey, I'm not gonna go play for Coke K. I'm gonna go to the G League. The money they would have been able to get out of a sports entity, you want to call it, let's say Yahoo jumps, or not Yahoo, uh, YouTube jumps in and said, like, we'll create a channel for this, you know, or Apple TV or. Uh, what is it? NBC Sports Net. They have their own station. I think CVS has a sports network as well. Could you imagine the revenue stream that guy would have cost for the NBA before he would have stepped foot on an NBA court?
1: Yeah. Listen, when you when you throw out just scenarios like that, maybe the NBA needs to hire us. You know what I'm saying? Hey, um, Adam Silver. Uh, you got a couple guys that you can you can you can make up a position for us, right? You have the authority to create a position within each team. Right, put me in the G League. Put Vince in the G League. Go ahead and just uh assign us a role. We can make it happen. But listen, we're talking about the business aspect, right, of the NBA and how I think the G League has failed to – I don't think they failed their players up until this point because we have seen success stories. But as far as the revenue stream – I don't think it's been what they what they want it to be, because like here we have the, the swarm, which is in Greensboro, which is about an hour and 30 minutes from Charlotte. That's where our G League uh, team plays. But the games aren't packed like nobody's like trying to go to see the swarm play. But if I know that the swarm on any given night is playing against that team with three or four McDonald's All-Americans and some four star recruits coming, dude. I'm trying, trying to, to, to drive up to Greensboro. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm headed to Greensboro. I'm calling my yeah. sister. Shouts out to my sister, Lena. She, she lives up there in Greensboro. I'm, hey, I'm spending night tonight because I'm going to the uh, the Swarm game tomorrow. That's right. So, you know, that's the, and that's going to be the difference for the NBA going forward. They're going to be able to make, ah, man, they're already making a ton of money. Now they're going to be able to pull cr- serious money from the G League. And then Coach T comes out to the La
0: La and we introduce him to El Segundo with the South Bay Lakers play. Because they'll be playing that, you know, that G, that G unit elite team that's gonna have all the McDonald's on Americans, and he'll get to see what it's looking like in January out here when it's like 81. You know what I'm saying? And we do a live pod like from the hotel, and then we go to the game. That's the type of stuff that's gonna end up happening. And we do this for the low, low cost of uh $3.99 right now, but trust and believe. Sponsorship blank here, but not for long. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Let's go, let's you know, go,
1: let's go.
0: You know Don't rate me too. Listen, God, listen, God has blessed us abundantly, but trust and believe I ask God all the time for the financial resources to be able to help my fellow man even more. So let's stay on that grind and continue to come up with ideas that will will, one of them will pop off one day for sure. But, yo, Adam Silver, get at us. Listen, at Mud Talk, everything, Twitter, Instagram, you know, there is a QP Sports Exchange, Instagram, you know what I'm saying? You can get at us, Adam Silver. We're good. We got time, bro. For you, I will make the time to take that phone call. No problem whatsoever.
1: Exactly. Exactly. No doubt. (laughs) As my man, when I be listening to my man, E.T., how he always be like, no question. <laughs> no question will I take that call. I like real. that. That's
0: right. We're going to talk about something real, real close to Coach T's heart. So, this is from ESPN's Zach Lowe. The Warriors are very fearful that the Charlotte Hornets will jump over them for the number one pick, and they will pick Memphis center, James Wiseman. Your thoughts?
1: Hold on, what? Hold on, Vince. You said you said that they're gonna we're gonna so so we're gonna move from number we we're at three, right?
0: You gonna move it? You gonna move from three? You You're gonna get the number one pick from Minnesota because Minnesota will take an asset and maybe your future pick from you.
1: Hmm. To and hold on to take James
0: Wiseman for Jan, for James Wiseman.
1: Bro, Okay.
0: Charlotte. Loves him, Charlotte loves them. Some James Wiseman,
1: mm.
0: and so does the Golden State Warriors.
1: Wow. Okay, I think somebody's playing with us. You know what I'm saying? I think somebody's playing games with us right now, and, and they know that that they can get us. You know what I'm saying? Like they know they can get us. You know how? Um, you know, back in the day, you know where we come up at. You know what I mean? Hey, the price might be five dollars. You know what I'm saying, but they're gonna sell it to him for ten dollars because you know you can tell him ten dollars. He gonna get it. You know what I'm saying. And that's what that's what we are. The Hornets. We the we, we, we the dude is gonna buy it for ten dollars. You know what I'm saying. Like I don't believe. And look, I may be completely wrong. I would love to be proven wrong in this situation. Our history with big men in Charlotte. It goes Alonzo morning, and then that's it. Everybody else. And shouts out to Al Jefferson. He really came here for the few years he came uh, and played, and he really he played well, especially his first year here. Um, Al played well. Like I loved him when he was here. But outside of that, man, what have we done with Big Man? What have we I done?
0: Shout out to Al Jefferson because that dude was nasty in Boston. I saw that dude play a lot. I went to, it was at the time, it was called TD Bank North Garden. Uh, now it's just TD Garden. Yeah, I know it's weird because it was morning, and then literally I'm trying to think of a successful or a halfway successful big man. I mean Jefferson might have been it. That you're right. That's it, right?
1: That's it. And and he's not someone we drafted. Wow. Right. Like Coach Barrego, one of the things that they would talk about when he first got here was just the fact that he came from that Boston culture, right? That mm-hmm. Think one of the positive things if you want to if you want to talk about the positive stuff is that his ability to um develop players the, the player development piece was something that he was going to bring to charlotte and that's something that we've never seen before here because look at our track record of drafting players it's a combination of bad decisions and just the lack of player development after drafting the player some players just weren't going to work out. Like we we got Kid Gilchrist, who couldn't shoot and had a jacked up jump shot in college, and we got him here. And we had Mark Price on the staff. Like like you can't get anybody better than Mark Price. Like shout out to Mark Price. I met him personally. His wife Laura. Oh, amazing people, man! Amazing people. One of the best shooters to ever do it. For sure. I'm One a, of the best. Shooters.
0: I'm a definite. Listen, I'm gonna give some. I'm gonna give a little. I'll get a little love to Cleveland again. Okay, Cleveland, that Cavaliers team that had Ron Harper, Mark Price, Brad Doherty, John Hot Williams, Craig Elo, Ty Corbin. Yo, that's how far I go back, okay? That's, that's, I love that team. And Mark Price was my, I love, listen, Laker fan all the way, but just to watch him play. And when he was at Georgia
1: Tech, flat out, flat out on fire. You know what I'm saying? Like tough to deal with. And I had the opportunity to meet Mark just on the humbug. Like, you know, um, he was living in South Charlotte. I ran across him. I actually met his wife one day and got to talking. You know what I mean? Just randomly talking. His wife, shout out to them, man. They're Christian people. Just real humble people. You know what I'm saying? Like when you meet him, when you meet his wife, if you didn't know who she was, you have no idea that she was married to Mark Price. You know what I'm saying? Like she was real cool and we chopped it up and I started talking to her about Mark Price, after she told me that was her husband. I'm like telling her what college he went to and his free throw percentage and she's like, "You know all of this about Mark? I can't wait to tell him. Matter of fact, when we come back from Florida, I'm am I'm a, I'm gonna bring you back something." And she last the, the the next time I saw Laura, um, and Mark was with her um together they brought me a, a, a an autographed picture of him you know when he played for the Cavs have oh. it in my man cave to this day she ended up following me on Twitter which is really cool man like we were able to like talk you know I met her kid, like their kids at, matter of fact one of her sons played at TCU um her daughter was uh their, their daughter was up at uh, Chapel Hill she played tennis and then mm-hmm. they, they have another son right now I think that's at uh is he at is he at TCU too I gotta double check. No, liberty. He may be, I think he's at liberty. He's at liberty. Okay. But but yeah, man, so I got to meet them. So it's just really cool. But just the fact that Mark Price was on that coaching staff with Kill Kid Gilchrist, and he couldn't and, and, and I don't even want to say it this way. Like, we saw some progression. We saw some changes in his form. It wasn't the same as it was in Kentucky, but it it never like um got to a point where we was like, man, all right, we can trust him to shoot the rock now. He looks like the number two pick now. You know what I mean? And that was with Mark Price. You get what I'm saying? So, like, it just goes to show that our decision-making probably has been worse than our player development. So, now, if our decision-making can get better and Borrego is who we thought he was, like, at least who they said he was as far as the player development piece. Maybe getting James Wiseman might not be the worst situation. I'm just looking at the, you know, our body of work with big man that it just hasn't really worked out. So I'm kind of scared, <laughs> you know what I mean? if To see James Wiseman in a Hornets jersey, you know? I, I, I don't know how to feel about that, especially if we move up to number one. We, we haven't had the number one pick, Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson. We got Larry Johnson. He was the number one pick.
0: When so, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So we got Larry Johnson. So I think I think that was our only pick that we, we got at number one, if I if I can remember correctly. Yeah. But I mean that worked out for for a while. But you know, if you know Charlotte, you know the story behind that. And that's the story for another day. Here's the deal. Okay. If Charlotte was if I felt that Charlotte
0: last year was a playoff team or close to a playoff team, like one player away, I would say go make that trade for wise But here's the thing just kick back at three. Tell you why. Lamella Ball will go number one if Minnesota stays there. Okay? There's no doubt that Lamella Ball will go number one if the Timberwolves stay there. That means that Golden State would draft James Wiseman or find a suitor for the number two pick. Now, now, Charlie, you would be in trouble if that happened. But a lot of people from what I have been able to piece together through what I consider reliable insiders, a lot of people are going to be hard pressed to make trades this year because of the fact that nobody wants to look silly in a year of like pandemic and you don't get these guys in the room, so to speak, Coach T, right? But if you kick back and let's say draft goes to chalk, right? Ball goes one, Wiseman goes two, Charlotte goes three and coach T who was the third pick in the draft.
1: The boy, Hey, Georgia Bulldogs, shout out Georgia Bulldogs, man. We're talking Anthony Edwards now, right? Falls into our lap. And when you look at Charlotte and I can speak to it because I'm here in the city, like it's my team, you know, you know, I'm always like looking, looking into what they're doing or what they're looking forward to doing but we've been trying to get an explosive guard and we've just failed to do so. When you look at our roster, like we thought Malik Monk was going to be like an explosive too, right? We thought that was going to work out. It has yet to work out. You know, Malik monk at Kentucky was a guy that looked like he had star potential, but Malik monk in Charlotte hasn't really done anything. And then you look at some of the other guys we drafted McDaniel and, uh, you know, we got the, the 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 twins that used to play for uh, NC State. Then they end up playing out at uh, – what school did they transfer to? I, I forgot the school they transferred to, the Martin Twins. We end up getting both of those guys. Yeah. And, yeah, so like, it's like we're, we're trying to find that 6'5", six, 6'6 six, six guy. You know what I'm saying? They can really come in here and do something. But we just – we keep striking out. I mean, I like P.J. Washington, but the reality with P.J. Washington is – He's a six-seven power forward. He's undersized. So eventually, like, does he really, like, play the three for the Hornets? Like, I'm cool on Cody Zeller. I'm cool on, I'm cool on Cody if he can stay healthy. His big deal is he, he's not healthy. But Cody on the floor, man, like, he's one, of, he's one of the bright spots for us. He's athletic. He rebounds. He can make the little mid-range shot. He's going to dunk on you. Like, I like Cody. So I'm cool, I'm cool on Cody playing center for another few more years. But what I'm not cool on is just leaving the two-guard position just up in the air, especially when Devontae Graham, as good as he is, is still a tiny point guard. You get what I'm saying? So, like, like give, give me some size at the two. Give me, give me a dog at the two position. It's going to really go after it. You get what I'm saying? Let Miles play the three. You know what I'm saying? If we want to go small ball, let Miles Bridges play the three. Let PJ play the four. Give me Cody at five and put Anthony Edwards at two. And let's rock with that roster right there. That's the lineup I want to see on the floor, like flat out. Like, I don't care. That's what I want to see.
0: No doubt. And here's the other thing. You got to have one guy that, when the time is running down on the 24-second clock, he can go get you a bucket. Charlotte, you don't have that guy, and James Wiseman would not be that guy. With the way that the league is set up now, you draft There, okay, I'll put it this way. Me saying this almost makes me throw up in my mouth. And I'll tell you why in a second. Now in today's NBA, you draft the six, five guy who has potential and skill and explosivity over the seven foot one guy. Now you would have told me that like 20 years ago, I would have been like, you are out of your mind, but that's the truth now. Because, we are in an era where you you can't get beat up going to the hole, really, except if you're LeBron James or Anthony Davis, because they don't know how to call fouls on people when LeBron goes to the hole. <laughs> so they just don't know how to call fouls. You play in a league where it's spacing and, you know, trying to create space. If you had a bunch of people that was creating space, Anthony Edwards is getting to the hole 80 to 90% of the time, and he's going to get to the free throw line, no doubt. So this is no-brainer. Charlotte, I gave New York a present. I gave Philadelphia a present. Charlotte, I give you a present every week almost now. People are going to start – my wife is going to start thinking that I'm, I'm cheating on her with the city of Charlotte. Because I'm giving y'all presents every week.
1: Queen City, yes. what it do? <laughs> Let's go, you know, man. Yes, sir. This
0: one, this one is for real. This is from the bottom of my heart. Stay put. Stay at number three. And whoever falls to you, falls to you. Because I'm guaranteeing you the first two, if, the, if Minnesota and Gold State stay at exactly where they are, Anthony Edwards is going three. That is for sure. And here's the other thing. The other teams that might want to move up, there's only really one team that would be Anthony Edwards-centric, and that is the Atlanta Hawks. Just for the hometown prestige and, and all that, that would be the only team you would really have to worry about really coveting Anthony Edwards. Because I think a lot of people are in on um, the guys, like, right outside the 1, 2, and 3, right? Like, I'm hearing, like, Halliburton getting a lot of love. People love him. The kid from Israel is getting a lot of love. People love him. The center from USC is getting a lot of love. So it's not a slam dunk if Gold State trades the number two pick that, oh, It's going to be Anthony Edwards. No. Because there are people who are literally saying, there's there's, this piece that I need, and this is what's going to make the team better, and I want this piece. So, Charlotte, just relax. Because here's the crazy thing. You could end up with LaMelo Ball. So, think about that for a second as well, Charlotte. Now, as much as I talked about LaMelo going to the Knicks, and I would love – that's a tight dream per se. okay? I don't think – there's no way that Lamelo falls to eight. I would want him to fall. If I was his dad, not LeVar, but, like, I was his dad, I would want him to go to eight for all the reasons that I already said. But Charlotte could just sit there at three and say, okay, whichever one falls to us, we're cool. And not give up any draft capital, Not give up any young players they already have that they're developing or whatever the case may be. Stay at number three, chill out, and just wait for the other two teams to make their picks or whatever they're going to do. So, see, tell me that I'm making sense
1: here. Oh, yeah. You're making all the sense in the world. Uh, Again, Adam Silver, if you have a position available or you want to create a position, we're your guys, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a bunch of applications on your desk. But hey, man, Vince, Coach T, let us do it, man. Let us do it, man. Because I'm telling you right now, look, the Hornets, guys. I don't see a better decision than getting Anthony Edwards. I cannot see the future. I do not. I cannot guarantee you that Anthony Edwards will be Rookie of the Year, and and that James Wiseman will disappear. I can't guarantee you that. But what I do know is our body of work, and we don't have a situation, a system set up for a James Wiseman to come in and to succeed like ultimately, I want to see all these young players succeed. you know what I'm saying like I don't want any of them to come in here into the league and disappear and uh to not live up to um their fullest potential. but the reality is it's all about where you go and and that can you know. Stunt your growth a little bit if you end up in the wrong spot. So Anthony Edwards, if he comes to Charlotte, number one, you're in a spot where the roster is set up for you to come in and play. You're gonna get you're gonna get touches. Terry Rozier can be your backup, or vice versa. Terry Rozier can start the season and then you can take his position, take his job. Because he's not like he's just a band-aid. He's not gonna be the starter. You know what I mean? Forever. So I think it's a perfect spot for Anthony Edwards, man. But I think you're you're spot on, Vince, man. You're right on top of it. I just hope I hope that we don't take debate and try to jump for James Wiseman. And then, you know, I want to see him go to the best spot. You know, I don't, I don't want to see him here. We just haven't proven. And anyway, we have Cody Zeller. We have Hernan Gomez. Like we're cool on both of those guys playing center. Like let's, let's stick with them a little bit longer and, and see what we can get out of both of those guys. I mean, they've worked up until this point, but we need explosion at the two guard position. If we want it, we're going to get it with Anthony Edwards, man. Let's make it happen. Charlotte, let's make it
0: happen. That's real talk right there. That's from a fan who understands exactly where he is right now and understands that a talent like a mellow Ball or Anthony Edwards, what it would do for the city of Charlotte. This is a guy who definitely understands the big picture. So listen to Coach T. He does have your best interest at heart. So, T, we're going to talk about two more rumors, and then we're going we're gonna to get over to some football because there's a couple things we need to talk about before we end this pod. The New Orleans Pelicans, for some reason, are shopping Drew Holiday. Like, Drew Holiday is everywhere. Like, I can't look at NBAhoops.net. I can't look at Yahoo Basketball who's Woj talking about it, Uh, Bobby Marks on ESPN talking about it. I cannot go anywhere without Drew Holiday leaving the Pelicans. Now, here is one trade that I saw in different places. Drew Holiday to Phoenix. Now, what they had to give up, it was like a bunch of nonsense. It was like a bunch of nonsense and draft picks, right? Because it was like they weren't going to give up Devin Booker and they're not giving up eight, you know, eight. And so it was like a bunch of scrub and like a, you know, it was basically for the draft picks. Now, the other one that interests me a lot was Drew Holiday to Denver and they would take Michael Porter Jr um and i guess it was some sort of sign of trade where grant goes to new orleans as well so the money could match up well what's your thoughts on that deal
1: wow first of all holiday man i love that guy like i love his game you know um tough point guard you know can can do more than people give him credit for
0: Hey. hey
1: yes sir yes sir hey and and it, hey it's it's in his blood too man cuz all his brothers man all those guys they they just you know what i mean they 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 fell right in line man and you rarely see that happen where all the brothers make it to the league you know what i'm saying that just it just doesn't happen very often but you know i like his game i don't think people give him enough credit for how good he really is um cuz he he's a legit like you know he's a fringe all-star like just about every year you know what i'm saying like he's that good so Wow, if, if he was to go to Denver, I t- I'm just not sold on them giving up Michael Porter just yet. Like, guys, like, y'all literally put the ball in his hands in the playoffs this year. You know what I'm saying? With a trip, you know, to the to the finals on the line and y'all letting him take big shots. That's telling me, like, y'all believe in him. Like, if that's the case, why would you be trying to get rid of him? That doesn't make sense. By the and, way,
0: why would you – I'm going to say this right now. And this is going to be high praise – and I'm either going to look real smart or I'm going to look real stupid in a couple years, but I'm going to put this out there. Why would you throw Kevin Durant-Light
1: out? It's, it's facts. It's, it's facts. And he, he's not there yet. But when you look at the fact that Denver trusts him, and, and you see that out of NBA teams, right? Like, if they really trust a player, and I live in a city where we, you know, we've had coaches that didn't really trust those young guys. But, like, when you're getting the trust of your coaching staff to, like, have the ball in your hands, and they're like, this guy needs to wake up and score to help us win? Like, that's telling me y'all believe in that, not just right now, but the future of this guy being a part of your franchise. And to give him up for Drew Holiday, I don't know if that really makes sense for me. Now, do y'all believe that Bo Bo ends up being the bigger star? Maybe that that's in the back of your head, that you believe that he's going to be bigger than Michael Porter, and you're just – you're – um. I don't know, you're you're betting the house on that, so so to speak. But, like, I I wouldn't want to get rid of either one of those guys. I would want to keep both of them. And, like, hey, the worst-case scenario, one of them ends up being a superstar, one doesn't. Best-case scenario, they both end up being just extremely good in the league for the next five to six years. So I, I would bet on that happening personally versus getting rid of them.
0: Yeah, like I said, there's a bunch of silly stuff out there, but there was a couple things that literally every time I read something about it, it was always that particular. Okay, like Drew Holiday is leaving New New Orleans.
1: But he's an asset. He he is their asset, though. Like when you look at you, Zion's not going anywhere. So like when you look at an asset, like what other assets do they have? He he's it. You get what I'm saying? So if they're gonna talk to anybody, they're gonna have to wave him out there. It's like I will give you. Drew Holiday, like, he has the proof of what he can be and what he has been in this league. So, I mean, certain teams may bite for that. I mean, he's not a scrub, you know what I mean? So, but that's all they really have to wave out there because they're not letting Brandon Ingram go. They're not letting any of these other guys go.
0: No. And then here's the the other thing. When you have a guy that was literally – what was he when he was re- when he was recruited? Michael Porter was like number one, number two overall, right? ESPN? Like- yeah,
1: he was well, number one. Number one yeah. player in the country. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Listen up. That's a that's a lottery pick. You got four you got that dude 14th overall? Yeah, let that play out. I understand you want to win, and I understand you, you're looking at the terrain in the West and going, dang, it's going to be real, real tough out here. And you are right because it's going to be a rugged, rugged West. I believe that a lot of people, NBA League passes, Coast T, is kept, even if you're on the East Coast, right, there's going to be a lot of West Coast teams on, the, on those uh, NBA League pass because you get, like, what, five, right? get five to choose from. Is that what it is?
1: I believe so. I believe yeah. so.
0: So if you are a fan of, let's say, the Orlando Magic, yeah, it might be your squad. And then four other Wests. Maybe you like Atlanta, right? You like the way they play. The rest of your picks are probably going to be out West because it's going to be crazy out West. Denver. Uh, yeah.
1: Ooh. Denver, h- hear me out you're one or two wrong decisions away from being the Philadelphia 76ers. Each. If you mess up this roster too much and you toggle with it too much, you get rid of the wrong pieces, you're going to be Philly. You're going to yeah. be Philly. Like, so just look at Philly as the example of what you don't want to do because at this team, even if they overachieved, in which everybody believed they did, right? By making it to the Western Conference Finals. So what? You can build on that with the pieces that you have. Jamal Murray, his confidence has to be through the roof. He feels like nobody can guard him. Jokic, like, them two working together, and then you can groom Michael Porter, and you can get Bowl Bo, a, a off-season worth of just adding some, some muscle and, you know, some training, some conditioning to get him, you know, in a position where he can play some important minutes on this roster. Right. If you can keep Grant, you know, like, don't mess with it. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Because that's what Philly did. They were one shot away from the finals, and they thought it was broke because they was one shot away. That was a game winner Kawhi Leonard hit. That wasn't like y'all You, you went out and lost 4-0. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm afraid that that's the decision that they will make, and then we won't be talking about Denver next year. And here's the
0: other piece that people don't realize. Denver, I'm about to give you a Christmas present, too. Jamal Murray needs the ball in his hands. If you get Drew Holiday, guess who also needs the ball in his hand? He's not coming off picks and, and spot up and shooting. That dude has the ball in his hands. He's a point guard. Now, he could play with Rondo and play the two, but that's not his thing. His skill set is that he is a point guard that can get you 24. That is what he is. Don't the Nuggets already have that in Jamal Murray? Just thinking out loud, I could be wrong, but isn't Jamal Murray 24 points a game right now?
1: Yeah, expect that number to go up. Right. <laughs> expect just, that number to go up. Like I'm just
0: saying, you know,
1: I mean, this is –
0: these are facts. I mean, this is not something that I'm just pulling. But you're, you, you will change the dynamic of that team. I mean, I understand they want to get, they want to make like their top tier talent, like the, the top tier talent better, right? You, whatever your one, two, three is. But I don't think that's the right guy to get. You know,
1: definitely like, not. the
0: guy for them. Every every team could use this guy, and I've said it time and time. again. The guy that that everybody wants to get that nobody can get for some apparent reason, because I have no idea what the franchise in Washington is doing. And this is, I'm not talking about the football franchise, I'm talking about the Wizards. Everybody wants Bradley Bill. Everybody wants Bradley Bill. Mm -hmm. That's the guy. That's the guy you go get. That's the guy you give up, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, and whatever Washington wants. And you put him in the backcourt with Jamal Murray. And you have Jokic, who is a facilitator. And then you're probably a favorites in the West.
1: So Yeah, that's do a do legit one, two, three.
0: That, yeah, that's the deal you pull off. Drew Holiday, yeah, not so much.
1: I mean, realistically, Drew Holiday to me is a guy that could go to and, guys, I listen, Vince is out in Cali, and I know – listen, y'all know I'm a LeBron fan, and I'm going to talk about the Lakers. I'm sorry, but Drew could, could go to the Lakers too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what they would be willing to give up. They don't have the assets. But, but yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they don't have it to, to get him. but I could see – I'm just talking about where he would fit in my mind. Right. He could fit with a LeBron and AD and go to work. You know what I'm saying? Because he can get a bucket. You know what I'm saying? Like I say, Drew is underrated, man. The dude's a, he's a hooper, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like people don't, res- I'm not going to say they don't respect him, but I don't think he gets enough credit. You know what I mean? For the type of player he is, the caliber of player that he is. So, um, but yeah, going to Denver might, that, that doesn't work. It's the one, two, three, but if you can get Bradley Bill, you know what I'm saying? In Denver. Now we are talking to legit. Cause you know, Br- Bradley Bill, he planted his flag last year. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hey bro. You know what I mean? This, this is what I'm about. Like, I'm about that. You feel me? And, like, listen, I, I like John Wall. Like, shout out to John Wall. You know what I mean? And I keep mentioning my boy Milton Chavis, but they play together. You know what I'm saying? That word of God. Okay. And they're actually good friends. And so they train together. And, um, like, I, I, I've been watching John Wall's, like, you know, his training regimen lately, or at least what they've been posting. And he's really working his butt off to, like, come back and really let people know. Coach yeah, the listen, only y'all... thing I
0: want him to work on and, mm-hmm. and the, the one thing that you need to find out in the videos and talk to talk to Milton and see if we can get him on the bot, because the one thing that I ought to ask is this. Is John putting up a 1,000 shots of his J? That's what I want to know. Because if it he's is. putting 1,000 shots of his J, listen, I know what the speed's like. I already know what the agility is like. I already know you of the coldest point guards of the league, and you can get from foul line to foul line as quick as anybody, I already got all that. What I need to know is John Wall about winning on a real level and and putting the work in and getting like a thousand shots up. So the J is a lot better and it's a lot more proficient than it's been.
1: For sure. For sure. And of course, I haven't been there, right? I only see what's on like, what everybody else has access to, which is on the internet. But like, if I had to just kind of guess right the best players in the league today have learned how, how to adapt and and it's not even just today that's back in the day like too. Jordan had to progress from being you know I'm dunking I'm going crazy every night to really okay I need this patent fadeaway I need this mid-range I need this I, I gotta lock up I gotta have this back to the basket game you know what I mean like he had to figure out he had to narrow it down what he needed right and he progressed LeBron right over time, progressed to learn like he progressed to become uh, um, a higher field goal. You know, he had a higher field goal percentage, right? Like this, this finals, he had the highest field goal percentage that he's had in his career, right? And in, in these NBA finals, that just like progression is what you see, right? John Wall is he's not a spring chicken anymore, right? So he knows that he needs to be able to shoot it at a high clip, right? So I would imagine that he is working on that. He'll lean more on his shooting and less on his just flat-out athleticism, kind of a la Blake Griffin, who had to take that same route. Like, you were dunking on people for six years, six, seven years, and now you're shooting three-pointers, right? <laughs> now you're shooting fadeaway jumpers. You know what I mean? We didn't see that out of Blake, Blake Griffin earlier. So I think John Wall is going to have to take a page out of that book, and I'm sure he is, man, because, dog, like, I know he's hungry to get back on the court. The injuries have just derailed his, you know – his last few years in the NBA. And I know he's hungry to get back out there, man, and really just do what he loves to do, man. And that's that's play the game. So, um, yeah, I, I would love to to ask Milt that, man. Milt, I know he was just out there in L.A. with him. Like, last week, he had did a blog and everything on his page. He was out there training at the Mamba Academy, matter of fact. The one last thing I'm going to hit on with, with basketball, and
0: this is frivolous Laker. I'm a Laker fan, so I'm going to say this right now. Boogie Cousins... It's going to be a Laker, so I just I'm throwing that out there. I threw it out there last week as something I was checking on. I'm gonna go ahead and say it now. Demarcus Cousins is going to be a Laker. That dude is gonna get about anywhere between 13 to 15 points a game next year for sure.
1: I can dig it, and I definitely look forward to it. Just like we talked about on the last pod. If, if that's the only move they're able to make, like, big splash move, I can live with that. I can live with that because we know that he's going to score. And he knows, like, what he what type of player and person he has to be, what type of professional he has to be around Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and that environment. So we've seen that. He, he realizes it. So um, it's just about him staying healthy. And we know what we're going to get from
0: him. Yeah, he's – um. Before the injury last year, he had slimmed down. He looks, this dude looked like he was, about max, maybe about 260, but he looked about 255. He looked trimmed down. I I mean, the the pictures were, he put in work. Whatever he did, he put in work because he looks real slimmed down, not anorexic, but he looks toned. And he looked ready. And if somebody, I know the Lakers are going to give him the prove it deal. I know they are. I know that they could see the thing about it is they kept him around even when he was hurt. You know, they kept him around. He was getting treatment from the training staff and everything like that, even when they had to release him and get Dwight. So I just have this feeling that Boogie. One piece of what the Lakers are going to do. I don't know what the other pieces are going to do. I'm going to do some research on that um, this week. One more thing about basketball, and then we're going to switch over to football. Coach T went and did some homework last week. This week, I'm going to do some homework, and I'm going to ask Coach T to do a little homework as well. Since I'm on the West Coast, Coach, I'm going to sit there, and I'm going to do – Research on a guy that I followed his whole career. He's at the University of Oregon, and he is guard Peyton Pritchard. I'm going to go into the video room and do some research, and I'll come back next week. But the guy that I really am intrigued by, and I wanted to get your thoughts because he's down there with you at the College of Charleston, right, is the kid... Grant Riller from Charleston. He's a point guard shooting guard um Congo and all he does is pick and roll. Yeah. I'm
1: to looking to him The College of Charleston. That's interesting. I had, went to high school with a guy that um ended up playing for College College of Charleston way back. Way back when when Coach T was a high schooler, you know. I was young, not a kid anymore, but yeah, you know the song. But anyway, <laughs> I had a we, we we played with a guy that uh ended up going to – to College of Charleston, so that that's pretty cool that somebody down there is even on the radar, man. But yeah, I'll do my homework on this guy, man, for real. Um, he's in my area, so I definitely got to find out who he is for sure.
0: The line on him is this, is that he's too skilled and sharp in terms of creating his own shot and making tough jumpers and finishing below the rim. It just might be wiser to view him as a scorer rather than a point guard, but he can be relied upon to run an offense and set the table, but he's a stone cold. So, athleticism might be an issue right off the bat, but get him in the right system. He might just be a backup point guard forever. Probably get you buckets. So, in the way the game is changing, he might have a squad for a while. But yeah, he and Peyton Pritchard out of Oregon, I'm going to do some research on him. today is going to be very quick because honestly the only things that came out of football this week guys is this one I'm going to give a shout out to my mama because my mama grew up in Pittsburgh coach T and the Steelers are undefeated shout out to Ben Roethlisberger shout out to that defense because that defense is unreal and shout out to coach Tomlin for holding the team together last year and, and keeping them competitive, and then this year just showing out. And my mama, who is a native of the Pittsburgh area, she actually grew up in containing, Pennsylvania. We affectionately call her the four foot eleven little old white lady because she was so gangster grown up in. You know, I grew up in South Central L.A. Coach T, so small, tough neighborhood but nobody messed, nobody messed with my mama. Nobody. They were scared of her. So, oh, I know she's excited about the undefeated Steelers. I'm excited that I don't know how it happened, but somehow, some way, the Steelers have like four or five like great wide receivers, and it happened overnight. James Watson is getting, catching passes. Playpool is catching passes. Juju is catching pass. Dude, I don't even know if there's enough balls for the, all the wide receivers they have now. That defense in Pittsburgh travels.
1: Yeah, it's, it's good to see, uh, you know, especially this year in the NFL with just everything that's going on, it's good to see one of the historical franchises actually have a good season right now because a lot of them are not. We talk about week in and week out, and we can go through them from, you know, the Giants to, you know, the Washington football team to um, Dallas to, you know.
0: The Patriots.
1: Yeah, the Patriots. Um, They just, you know, they needed one of their historical teams to step up and have a good year. And um, shout out to, you know, um, Pittsburgh, man. They're doing their thing, man. Ben has come back and shown that he, he does still have it. And you just alluded to one of the things that, like, we talk about a lot when it comes to great quarterbacks. And that's, okay, all of these good wide receivers. No, I don't really think it's that. I just think it's the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? When you got a quarterback that's going, hey, you're motivated to catch that rock. You don't want to drop that pass. You know what I'm saying? Coming from Ben, you know? And um, Tomlin has, like, I mean, did a phenomenal job, you know, just, like you say, keeping them together through everything that's happened up there. And you know I'm 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 not a Pittsburgh fan. Y'all know I'm a Panthers fan, but but I'm happy to see one of the historical franchises actually you know um, plant their flag this season um, in, in a year that has already uh, come with a ton of challenges. Um, just week to week, there's challenges with the NFL and COVID and stuff like that. So for them to be undefeated, that's an amazing accomplishment. Definitely going to give them their flowers because they deserve it. Well oh, sure.
0: So shout out again to you, Pittsburgh. Now, we're going to hit on two more things and then we're going to get up out of here. One, Kyler Murray is a video game. I'm sorry, dude. Like, I saw that Sunday night game and I was just like, why is he at like double speed of everybody else? It was amazing to watch him run around the field. Now, I will say this Seattle, I told you a while ago your defensive line, and your defense wasn't as good as it used to be. But what Kyler Murray is doing, because he's not just doing it to Seattle, he's been doing it to everybody, Coach T. Um, It looks, first of all, every time he runs, I think he's going to get killed because he's like, they list him at 5'10". That dude has not seen 5'10", ever. Okay? Maybe with the Afro and the Cleats. He's 5'10", but he's not 5'10". So I'm scared for his life every time he leaves a pocket, okay? But his arm string, his touch, throwing the, the receiver open and creating a window for him, this is some next level type of thing, and I wonder if we just gotten into a, a, a golden age of football where these kids are ready when they come. They're just ready. They're like, Okay, I'll just put up 350 yards every game, three touchdowns. I'll run a couple in. It's just—is this? It just looks super easy for him, and I know it's not. So talk me off the uh, ledge, so to speak, and and tell me what you saw in Kyler Murray.
1: Uh, I think we're finally seeing exactly what we expected to see from him as a top draft pick, that he's progressing into. A really good quarterback in this league. You know, he has that perfect combination of mobility and arm talent. And we already know that really size doesn't matter, right? Russell Wilson has proven that that you don't have to be tall. You just got to be accurate and you got to be smart, right? You got to be heady. But what I'm noticing is is a direct connection with these quarterbacks that play baseball. You know what I'm saying? That play quarterback really, really good in the league. And it's it's no coincidence that Colin Murray was a top prospect in baseball and now he's a really good quarterback in the NFL. You can go through all of the really good ones right now. I think um and I'm not exactly sure what position Colin Murray played but like most of the most of the really oh, good yeah. quarterbacks he played outfield, okay. All right, so he's the only one that I think cuz like like Aaron Rodgers and um Tom Brady, I mean you name it all the greats, they all like literally played shortstop, like Drew Brees, they, they played shortstop at a really high level, whether that was high school or college or whatever. But Colin Murray is, you know, what I mean, he's not surprising me. I thought the kid was going to be dynamite when he got in the league. He just needed time, you know, and it's cool that Arizona is actually working out for him because you, we, we've seen quarterbacks go to Arizona and it not really work out. So that's awesome that he's kind of breaking that trend out that way, man. So shouts out to Kyler Murray, man. Keep putting up numbers, bro. Keep doing your thing, man. I'd love to see Arizona actually make it to the playoffs. that will be a cool uh, change up from what we are used to seeing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And coach, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with this last piece. This is like almost like a two-parter, but here's the deal. You probably heard this because it's in your area. Quarterback, of the University of Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, is talking about pulling a Peyton Manning and staying for a senior year and foregoing the 2021 draft. So everybody that was taking for Trevor, y'all might want to look at Columbus, Ohio, because if that dude decides to stay, that's the the guy in at Ohio State, is going to be the number one quarterback off the board. I thought about this for a second, and the one thing that I came up with was this is a smart move for him. Because if you look at all the teams that are at the bottom of the league right now, the only desirable one, if, if they could end up continue to lose, which might actually end up having it, which is the Dallas Cowboys, That would be the only real favorable spot for him if you're talking about, like, ready-made team, ready to go, right? Like, they got a lot of weapons, good running back, and I'm not saying that they should push Dak out the way. That Dak gets his money, and um, for all intents and purposes, he seems like he's on the mend. They said the surgery was successful, we'll see how it all plays out, but prayers up to him. But if you're Trevor Lawrence and you're just dominating the ACC the way you are and you're looking at the terrain of the NFL draft and seeing who might have like the top three or four picks, you might go, nah, I'm good. I'll play at Clemson, Play four years, then get my bag when I go out into the draft. Your thoughts on – tanking for Trevor might be over and your thoughts as a UNC and also Sam Howe fan, how do you feel about that?
1: First of all, I, I'm, I'm ready for Trevor Lawrence to go ahead and, and, and go ahead and go to the NFL, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Just go ahead, bro. <laughs> like, just, you know what I'm saying, bro? You've done everything you can do. You know, Hey, this coach T talking right now, Trevor, you know what I mean? You're a good kid you had the Clemson experience. You got the national title. Bro, there's nothing else. Like, you can't do anymore. there. You can't get any better than you are now if you stay another year. You know what I'm saying? And the ACC, man, you, hey, you've done everything you can do for us. It's time to go ahead and, and get your flowers, bro, and go ahead and take that number one pick. Now, here's the thing, Trevor. I get it. You're looking at the New York Jets like, I ain't, I ain't trying to go there. Oh. I, I get it. Okay. So 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 if the Jets are on the table, go Eli Manning. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to be the guy that approves of that. But if that's the reason why you might come back, just go ahead and just go the Eli Manning route. Get your dad to step in. Do whatever. Hey, it worked out for Eli Manning. You get what I'm saying? It kind of worked out for Philip Rivers, even though he didn't win a title, but he had a pretty good career. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, listen, don't come back to Clemson because of the Jets. You get what I'm saying? Because there's other big market teams that are in that top five. They're really the top three. You're not going to, top two. You're not going to get out the top two. You know what I'm saying? Period. But if you were to go to the Giants, realistically, that's a better situation than the Jets. You get what I'm saying? Like, they have a Super Bowl history. Like, they have, you know, Saquon comes back, and and he's good. You know, they have some, some weapons. But don't Come back to Clemson because of the Jets, bro. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. And, hey, man, like, you know, my Tar Heels, man, listen. All right. I know you don't care about Chapel Hill. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Y'all beat us by one point last year. One measly point. Like, we were a two-point conversion away from beating y'all, giving y'all, ah, anyway. We got our own agenda for next season, the post-Trevor Lawrence era. You know what I'm saying? With all the talent we got coming back, you know what I mean. So, yeah, I need Trevor Lawrence. I need you to um, tell Dabo and all your teammates that you love them and, and praise God that you're gonna go ahead and move on to the next level. And uh, you know, you can text and talk to them whenever you want to talk to them. You know, you can come to Clemson anytime, man. I'm pretty sure they'll drive you around in a, an expensive car, and you probably don't even have to walk actually to place. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm i am trying to be super serious, but I can't even be serious. Trevor, Trevor. Listen, Puffy just doesn't want you to come back because he wants the Tar Heels to win the ACC next year. Let's just be real. We're we not going to even be, try to be fraudulent. we never fraudulent on this podcast, okay? The thing about it is, Trevor, he's right. You don't have anything else to prove. And then the other thing is, is the injury bug. You have no idea. One shot is really all it takes. So, listen, secure the bag, okay? Figure your way to, I don't know, Tennessee or Jacksonville or, hey, the Patriots. Listen, hey, Cam throws out another game like he did last week. Patriots might be looking at a situation where they might not win but a couple more this year so it's not it's not over Trevor it's not over by a long shot so you just might have to just refocus your efforts on kind of massaging your way out of the number one pick or have somebody come up and draft you that's probably what you're gonna have to do but yeah playing another year at Clemson the whole home all that See, it's different for Peyton, right? Because he got he, he didn't get a national championship. T. Martin got the national championship after Peyton left, correct? So he already has a championship at Clemson, so, and he might have another one this year. So there's really nothing for him to come back for.
1: Unless you just want to go to class, um, which you probably don't even have to do now. You probably have some kind of special uh, – I don't know, like remote classes that you take, you probably don't even have to enter a classroom right now. So unless you're just coming back for that last, you know, the college experience, because most players, like, like if you take COVID-19 out of the mix right now, this season, you know, you would be experiencing, experiencing everything that a college athlete would be experiencing right now. That's the student section. That's, you know, coming on campus after a victory that's, you know, whatever kind of functions you go to on campus, off campus, you guys aren't getting to experience that right now, which, it w- well, at least you shouldn't be uh, because of the COVID-19 protocols. But if that's the reason, yeah, facts, like if that's the reason you're coming back to Clemson, do again, not, that's not enough. That's not enough. You're going to see all those people again. I guarantee you it's your draft party. You probably won't be able to have one of those either, but you, you can have a virtual one and you can have everybody there. But then, when you finally get to the league, dude, the first time you have a function, like who's not gonna show up for Trevor Lawrence if they're invited, dude? Come on, man, go go ahead, man. You did your thing, bro. You got all, hey, you got everything you could could have imagined and more. Um, coming to Clemson, but it's time, brother. It it is time for you to um say goodbye um to to the Clemson. You know, and, and eventually, do you get tired of hearing that C L E M S O N? Uh, all that crap that they say. Anyway, I got tired of hearing it when I was at the ACC Championship a few years ago. So yeah, it's um, it's pretty accurate. He
0: might he might really just get down for the color of orange, man.
1: It's possible. It's my son's favorite color, man. So orange is a good color, and it's yeah. it's my logo color too. So I, low key, I guess I like orange, you know. So
0: yeah, you know, another person who's probably sitting there telling Lawrence to Trevor Lawrence to leave is that is that kid out of Marta Day DJ. I can't even say his last name, but. I know that kid's like, what? No. Hey, dog. I didn't. yo, I didn't come to Clemson to sit behind you two years, bro. One. Okay. But two, you asking way too much right now. That dude from modern day is probably going, uh-uh, no, uh, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> Facts. Yeah. They, they don't want to risk, uh, losing their next quarterback. But, you know, you know, Clemson doesn't have an issue with recruiting. We know that now. Like, they're a powerhouse. They, they're going to pull them in. They're definitely going to reel them in. Vince, I know we're about to get out of here soon. Look, last week, guys, just for the record, I wasn't quiet on purpose about the Tar Heels. We, we took it on the chin last week, bro. We took it on the chin. Like, and I'm here to stand up. And, and my timing isn't – look, I did not tell Vince I was going to come on here and talk about the Tar This wasn't in the plans. But I don't want y'all thinking I was going to be quiet. Because we lost to Florida State. We shouldn't have lost, bro. Like we shouldn't have lost. It was 31 7 at halftime. 31 28 was the final score. We woke up in the second half. Our offense showed up. You know what I'm saying? But it was a bad loss. And like like Max said, we we weren't prepared. We weren't the number five team in the country. You know what I'm saying? Because we didn't play like it. We didn't live up to the, you know, the expectations. And and you know, we was in, in prime time and and you know, we weren't ready. You know what I mean? But hey, this this, this past weekend we, we did to NC State what we do to them. You know, it ain't even a rivalry, bro. Like for the record.
0: Yeah, I I Stop watched saying, that game. stop
1: saying it's a rivalry. It ain't a rivalry, bro. Yeah,
0: I watched that game and I was sitting there going, Ooh. Unfortunately for NC State, they were on like what quarterback number three or four. Yeah. Or like
1: that? yeah. So And Finley's that, that, that was Finley's little brother. Well, Finley, um the he's a true freshman, number ten, he ended up coming in the game. His brother, yeah, his brother actually played. He was the, like, the starting quarterback a few years back at NC State and was really good. He's actually in the league right now. He's backing up, uh, is it, I think he's on the Cincinnati Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, he
0: was there, uh, he was, was he there, like,
1: the clowny years? Uh No, this was just a couple years ago. This okay. was, I think, I think Chubb, Nick Chubb was there. Not Nick okay. Chubb, but yeah. the, the, the defensive lineman. So yeah,
0: I got cousin, my – yeah, Nick I got Chubb's
1: my – yeah, Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm thinking I'm thinking about the running back, Nick Chubb, but he has a cousin that was a D I think like a D tackle that went to NC State, was a first-round pick, top-10 pick a few years ago. But, right. yeah, man. But, you know, it is what it is, man. But, for real, best running back duo in the country. Like, stop playing. Like, Javante Williams you. is a flat-out beast, bro. Like, flat-out beast, bro. Like, every time you look up, he was in the end zone, bro what's the stat about the broken tackles and I'm and I'm gonna stop here Vince I'm I'm about to about to shut up but he most broken tackles in in the, in the country like you can't tackle this guy I think he averages like I think it's like six or seven broken tackles like a game or something crazy stat you know they got a stat for everything right now but yeah I think he's number one in the country in rushing touchdowns now after last weekend's game so Let's not even talk about Michael Carter. They both average over 100 yards a game, dude. Like, check out our backfield. They both will be playing on Sunday soon.
0: Yo, Michael Carter is real nice, and not just because he has my last name. I saw that dude catch a pass out the backfield. He swung out, caught it, made the first defender miss, and then he was off to the races. Then a safety came over, and he ran that kid over. I was like, ooh, okay. All right, I see what you're working with. Both will are playing the lead for sure, and Coach T, he's not hiding. Okay, he is not hiding, and just get out on all social media platforms. He made it real easy for you at Mud Talk Podcast, real easy. Twitter, Instagram, you can get them on Facebook if you want. You can find them here. On QP Sports Exchange, he does not hide. And his social media game is constant. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go away for three or four days. No, that is not him. You can find him every single day. Because the inspirational quotes alone help your boy vent out. So keep doing your thing. So on that note, we talked a lot about basketball this week. Next week will be probably a little more balanced. Coach T is going to do something on Grant Riller. I'm going to do something on Peyton Pritchard, I think. We're also probably going to gather up a couple of new high school kids and see um, if we can shine some light on them. That might not be for next week. That might be for the week following, but we might start – You know, at least have a couple guys where we say, okay, this is who you can look forward to next week as well. So with that being said, be good to everybody out there, okay? And Coach T and I appreciate the listenership. Um, we are getting shout out to India. Y'all downloading on a regular, okay? So the country of India. It's showing us love, Coach T, and I just need to shout them out. Shouts out to Canada. I I see you, Justin. That's my dude, Justin Schwartz. We used to work together and stuff like that. I see you up there in Canada, bro. Thanks for the love. And to all our listeners, just know that we do this for you. We try to bring it to you every week. We try to bring you a bunch of heat. We also want to get you to laugh a little bit and just kick back and relax. So be good to one another out there. Get yourself set up to vote. This is a very important uh, year, not just for presidents, but for your councilmen and your mayors and things like that, because those are the first line people that are going to be dealing with your situation. And with that, Coach T, you got anything to say to him before we uh, sign off?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I think you touched on all of it, man. Find a way this week, man, to give to somebody, man. And I ain't just talking about money. Um, if, if it's time, if it's inspiration If it's encouragement, if it's some kind of um, You know, kind words Man, give, give to somebody this week I would challenge you all to do that Man, but yeah, for sure, man Be blessed, stay safe Go handle your business, and we'll get with y'all next week For sure
0: And on that note, QP Sports Exchange Is out <laughs> yo, yo 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 You never met a nigga like me Never seen a little who be doing what I do, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah let's yeah, get yeah. at it. Dog. Come on, um, yeah, whoa, that goes up, must come down.